Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of December 3, 2017. First up this week is an announcement concerning upcoming performances of California Suite, a Neil Simon play by the Imagine Blind Players of Louisville, Kentucky. With me is Darren Harbour, the founder, producer, and director of Imagine Blind Players, which those of you that listen to Soundprints know is a group of blind people who are actors and who put on professional plays here in the Louisville area. Welcome, Darren. Hello, and thank you. Darren, you have a performance coming up here in December. You have, I think, six dates. And so tell us what's happening with Imagine Blind Players. Imagine Blind Players, uh, we loved this last show. We did a Lady Annerly's Rose with the ballroom dancing and the singing, and we decided to keep that a little bit this year. We're putting on California Suite by Neil Simon. It's a situational comedy. I'm a very big fan of sitcoms. Uh, most people, uh, much like last year, wouldn't have expected us as blind individuals to be doing ballroom dancing while singing, and this year they would not be expecting uh, the very extreme physicality that is involved in this particular show, as well as we've created musical interludes to introduce each playlet. Neil Simon wrote this play as four different plays that are combined into one two-hour show. Each play is in a hotel room, and you, and you as the audience members, are a fly on the wall and witness of it. And like most sitcoms, there's a catchy little song and ditty that introduces the sitcom. And uh, we wrote our, our own original... Uh, pieces uh, for that. There's so many musical talented people uh, within Imagine Blind players that are composers and writers and singers. Uh, not myself. I'm just a producer. <laughs> 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 and uh, and they've coached me into singing. But there's a play. There's a song that introduces each playlet that uh, comedically introduces each each play with an intermission. Um, you definitely don't want to miss it. Uh, The show dates are December 9th and the 16th. Those are Saturdays at 7 p.m. Sunday matinees, December 10th and the 17th at 2 p.m. And Mondays, December 11th and the 18th at 7 p.m. It's a two-hour show with maybe 15 minutes, a little bit over if you're scheduling TARC 3. There's a 10-minute intermission um, at halftime. You want to arrive a half hour before the show. It is at Letter Song Studio, 1501 Story Avenue. Uh, like us on Facebook at Imagine Blind Players, uh, and, and you definitely don't want to uh, miss the show and the action and the audio description that will come with it. You won't miss a thing. We had you all put on this uh, play. It was kind of a dress rehearsal at the Kentucky Council of the Blind Convention a couple weeks ago. And, Darren, it was fantastic. Everybody really enjoyed it. It was really great. If, if you out there listening were not there and you're in the Louisville area, 
plan to attend. It is well worth it. How much are the tickets? Tickets are $15 at the door only, uh, no reservations. Um, yeah, bring groups, bring families. Uh, uh, there's a, a little bit of language, but, you know, nothing too over the top, um, but high levels of physicality. And uh, just come see how we throw paint against the wall and have somebody else <laughs> describe to us what's stuck. Yeah, it's really <laughs> great. So we we wish you all the luck with the best of luck. And uh, um, we know that it's going to be a great show. Darren, um, in just a couple of minutes, tell us, tell us who are some of the people in Imagine Blind Players? Yes, um, we, we have a pretty uh, solid group. Um, Sue Ellen Milo is new to Imagine Blind Players. We welcome her. Uh, our veterans of the group would be uh, Barbara Henning, B.T. Kimbrough, Thomas Sailing, Terry Turlaw. Um, the, these guys, uh, they, they really know how to put on a show, and, and there's all this uh, pin-up, um, artistic ability that, that is so great. Um, my sister Jasmine Ross that helps us out uh, as the visual director. Uh, Patty Cox helps with audio description. Ben Rogers, Terrilyn Fleming, uh, they are sighted uh, stage eyes that assist and we have mentors. Um, every, yeah, every, everybody is, definitely has a major hand in putting this production together and I myself am also acting in the show yes. uh, as well. Um, yeah, it, it's been wonderful. We So many thank yous go out to the Lions Club and all the help from the blind community around us and, and even other theater companies. Uh, the Bunbury Theater um, helped to, to build some equipment for us for, for the stage. Um, uh, Jennifer at Lettersong. Uh, it, it's 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 been remarkable uh, support from Katie Carpenter at the American Printing House. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's been um, it's nice to have all the support, and, and we hope to get the audience seats definitely filled for people to not miss um, the high intensity and very comedic show that we have to put on for you guys. All right, best of luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bill Hollander, Louisville Metro Ninth District Councilman, attended the Ballpark Barbecue Lunch on Saturday, November eighteen at the 2017 KCB Conference and Convention. Here are his remarks. Thank you very much for for having me today and thank you for being here today. You're actually in uh, District 9 of the Louisville Metro Council right now. So I'm honored to represent this district which includes APH and, and the Kentucky School for the Blind. Uh, but even more than the institution includes so many people who are blind and visually impaired and who so enrich all of our neighborhoods in District 9. You know, when I, um, when I ran for office, I asked people at a, at a meeting of the Kentucky Council, what can we do most to make your life better? And what I heard loud and clear was, fix the sidewalks. <laughs> so we have, uh, we have a remarkable group of very dedicated people who point out when we need to fix sidewalks. Uh, and we've done all we can to do that. But we need to continue to work to make uh, all of our communities, uh, not just in District 9, but all of Louisville and all of the state of Kentucky and everywhere, uh, more accessible uh, to everyone every day. Uh, if I can ever help with that, please let me know. And in the meantime, I thank you all for being here in Louisville today. I know there are people here from all over the state. I thank you for being here in Louisville uh, today, and I thank you for all that you do. Thank you. 
ACB President Kim Charlson was in Louisville in mid-October for a World Blind Union meeting that occurred around the same time as the American Printing House for the Blind annual meeting. She stayed an extra day and attended the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Friday Roundabout that week. Kim writes about our roundabout in her President's message in the December ACB e-forum. Read her remarks on page 2. You can read the ACB e-forum and the ACB Braille forum on your phone by calling 605-475-8154, by visiting the ACB website at acb.org and following the Braille forum and e-forum links, or by subscribing to the ACB forum email list. Visit acb.org and follow the email list link to find an alphabetical listing of available lists. The winner of the KCB James Carl Dotson Community Service Award for 2017 was the Kentucky Talking Book Library. It was presented by Shirley Stivers on Saturday evening, November 19, at the Jim Shaw World Series Banquet. Barbara Pinagore, director of the library, accepted the award. A press release recognizing the library for its accomplishments was issued the following week and is posted here on page 2. The theme for this year's KCB Conference and Convention was hit a home run with KCB. Here the opening of the general session on Saturday morning, followed by a presentation by representatives of the American Printing House for the Blind discussing APH's Accessible Cities Project on page 3. ACB Treasurer David Trott from Talladega, Alabama was the ACB representative attending the Kentucky Council of the Blind Convention and he played several different roles throughout the weekend. His remarks on Saturday afternoon included ideas important to any chapter or affiliate. Listen to David's comments on page 4. He is introduced by Jerry Slusher, KCB's second vice president from Covington, Kentucky. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2 ACB President Kim Charlson's article in the December ACB e-forum was entitled, Visiting Affiliates, It Makes Me Proud. We're bringing you part of this article since she talks about her visit with the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind on October 13. On Friday, October 13th, I visited the roundabout of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, a chapter of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. This chapter is truly amazing and exemplifies people who are blind working to support each other. They meet every Friday for their roundabout, which they hold at the United Crescent Hill Ministries. Bill Wright is the chapter president, and Carla and Adam Rushevel are very involved as organizers. The nice thing is that so many people pitch in to do small group or one-on-one -on -one sessions on different topics, iPhone and voiceover, braille instruction, family genealogy, and cooking demos. They often have an informational speaker, and I was honored to fill that role the evening I attended to speak about ACB activities. 37 people attended, and after I spoke, we had a Southern home-cooked dinner that each attendee pays $5 for each week. It was wonderful food prepared by Patty Cox and her stepdaughter, Chastity Starkey, who do the cooking. Dedicated volunteer, Sister Agnes, reads mail for people and helps prepare and serve the pre-plated meal, beverage, 
and dessert. It was absolutely great. But wait, there's more. After dinner, a small group of people played cards, and a larger group played bingo. It was so much fun, with camaraderie, and it's all organized and run by members. It provides members such a great evening activity and opportunity to socialize. If you feel like sitting, you can do that. If you want to learn a new skill shown to you by another blind person, you can do that too. I was completely impressed and think the Greater Louisville Chapter of KCB is providing an amazing service, supporting the blind community in Louisville and showing everyone that they can do things independently and support each other. Maybe your chapter isn't in a position to cook a meal for 40 people, but look at the skills your members have and put them to use. Crafts, cooking demos, flowers, gardening, informational speakers, refreshments, and remember games, cards, described movies, book clubs, and sharing. Make it an event for everyone. It can be done, and with the collective group involved, one person doesn't have to do all the work. I've seen it work, and it's truly incredible. My commendations to Roundabout and the Greater Louisville Chapter for making a place where everyone is welcome. To read more articles from the December E-Forum, visit the ACB website at www.acb.org and follow the link to the ACB Braille Forum and E-Forum. To subscribe to the ACB E-Forum and have it delivered to your inbox each month, Follow the ACB email list link on the ACB website at www.acb.org. Scroll down the alphabetized list to find ACB Braille Forum and eForum. The following press release was issued on November 22 following the 2017 KCB convention. Agency recognized for service to blind and visually impaired Kentuckians. Kentucky, United We Stand, Divided We Fall. Commonwealth of Kentucky, Education and Workforce Development Cabinet, Matthew G. Bevan, Governor, Hal Heiner, Secretary. For immediate release, contact Katherine Giles, 502-564-1702, katherine.giles at ky.gov. Kentucky Talking Book Library presented with Service Award. Agency recognized for service to blind, visually impaired Kentuckians. Frankfort, Kentucky, November 22, 2017. The Kentucky Talking Book Library, KTBL, received the James Carl Dotson Award for providing long-term service to blind and visually impaired Kentuckians during the Kentucky Council of the Blind's recent 2017 convention in Louisville. KTBL provides free library service to people who are unable to read traditional print due to a visual or physical disability. Braille and or digital audio books are delivered by mail, downloaded from the Braille and Audio Reading Download BARD website, or accessed via the BARD mobile app for smartphone or tablet. A special digital talking book player is provided on loan as part of the service. The award was presented November 18 to KTBL branch manager Barbara Penagor on behalf of KTBL for providing access to literacy, information, recreation, and community to blind and visually impaired patrons. 
I think I speak for my entire staff when I say we all enjoy our jobs because what we do means so much to our patrons. Not a day goes by when we don't hear someone tell us they don't know what they would do without their talking books or braille books. We hear many touching stories from family members after a patron passes on how much this service meant to them. It is like icing on the cake to be publicly thanked for our work and to know that the community at large recognizes and appreciates us, said Pinagore. Dotson was a 1943 graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind, KSB, who worked tirelessly for the Kentucky Council of the Blind. He also served as Scoutmaster at KSB, actively supported the KSB alumni, and served the Louisville community as a Shriner and master of his Masonic Lodge. KTBL is a branch within the Kentucky Department for Libraries and Archives, KDLA, in Frankfurt, that began operating in 1968. It is part of a nationwide network of similar libraries administered by the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, a branch of the Library of Congress that began in 1931. The Kentucky Council of the Blind is a nonprofit organization composed of members who are blind, visually impaired, or are sighted volunteers dedicated to helping others with low vision lead fuller, more independent lives. It is the state affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, whose mission is to strive for independence, security, equality of opportunity, and quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. For more information or to apply for service from the library, call the KTBL at 1-800-372-2968 or 1-502-564-5791 or email ktbl.mail at ky.gov. KDLA provides equitable access to quality library and information resources and services as well as helps public agencies ensure that legislatively mandated documentation of government programs is created, efficiently maintained, and made accessible. For more information on KDLA resources, programs, and services, visit www.kdla.ky.gov or call 502-564-1702. Page 3. The morning session of the Kentucky Council of the Blind annual 44th annual state convention is now in session. First up, we will have the Pledge of Allegiance led by David Smith. He's a Kentucky Council of the Blind Citizens with Low Vision Treasure. We will have the Invocation by Deb Lewis. She's Vice President of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, immediate past president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Then we will have Brad Mann saying, take me out to the ball game. Please recite along with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good morning. 
Dear Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we thank you that we can gather here this morning. We pray that you would bless this convention, help people to learn new and interesting things. Help. We ask that you uh, bless the friendships that form through gathering this, this way. Please be with those who wanted to be here but are unable to be today. Thank you for our speakers. Thank you for all our volunteers. Bless the food that we'll be eating here at lunchtime and this evening. And we thank you uh, for safety and travel. We know that the weather could be inclement, inclement today and we pray that you would help everyone to return home safely this evening. We ask that you would bless health today, uh, safety, and most of all, friendships. And help everyone to be in your will and to honor you in the things that we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And now KCB, it is time for the KCB 7th inning stretch. I'm out of the way. Now I'm going to ask Rick Boggess to come forward. He is going to be the presiding officer for this morning's session. He is secretary of Kentucky Council of the Blind and president of Alliance of Visually Impaired with Owensboro chapter. Good morning. We have with us as our first uh, presentation today. We have representatives from APH. They're going to talk about accessible communities. Uh, we have, uh, I think, Denise Snow Wilson, who's a uh, technical communications specialist. Uh, Linda Turner, who's uh, technical services and d digital uh, uh, resource manager. And uh, Elizabeth Schaller, who's digital uh, assets and uh, Megadata uh, librarian at the Printing House. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Hello everyone. My name is Denise Snow Wilson. Um, first I want to thank Carla Rushfall and KCB for allowing us this time to talk with you and tell you a little bit about Accessible Communities Initiative at APH and for letting us continue to gather research uh, through our in-person interviews today at the conference. So rather than um, bombard you with a lot of statistical data, although I will share a few numbers with you momentarily, I'd like to tell you 
how this initiative and subsequent committee came about, what we are working on, and what we hope to accomplish. The initiative began earlier this year when representatives from APH met with Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher to discuss the possibility of realizing APH President Craig Metter's vision of making Louisville the most accessible city in the United States. Soon after that meeting with the mayor, a company-wide impact meeting was held where participants were asked to share ideas for how APH could play a part in making the world a more accessible place at the local, national, and international levels. And we came up with a lot of great ideas. A lot of ideas. <laughs> Which spurred further discussion. And eventually it was determined that APH needed to gather as much research as possible about accessibility issues in our communities. So the Accessible Cities Research Project began in June when APH employees from various departments came together to formulate sets of questions to better understand the greatest barriers to accessibility for individuals with visual impairments. The team responsible for the project includes myself, I work in the Technology Product Research Department, Elizabeth Schaller and Linda Turner, who are both here with me today um, from Resource Services. Shelley Walker from the NIMAC and Cecilia Pareto from Development. To begin gathering the research, we decided um, that APH representatives would attend three major conferences held in late June through July. So the three conferences we attended this summer were ACB, NFB, and AER International O&M. We would conduct three short three to four question in-person interviews at those conferences and we decided we would have a longer more detailed online survey as well. As we began to develop a strategy for what information we wanted to solicit we decided upon six categories to represent types of locations and experiences that may pose accessibility challenges. These categories helped us craft the questions, organize the responses, and identify focus areas for accessibility improvements. The categories we settled on were transportation and travel, entertainment, workplace and daily living, and shopping. We were able to gather information from a very broad audience this summer. We conducted 397 in-person interviews. And it was such a wonderful to participate in the online survey, which closed in mid-August. We think that this may be the largest study completed in the field of blindness to date. And it represents all 50 states, which in itself is very exciting. The results from the interviews showed that transportation travel was by far the most popular category, with 255 interviewees selecting it as their highest priority for accessibility improvement. Of those 255 responses, 113 mentioned that bus service is too limited in their area, and 38 said that they had no public transportation options at all. 
Some interviewees also included pedestrian travel in their feedback on this question, with 24 responding that they would like to see crosswalk and or sidewalk improvements in their area. We also had several questions about transportation in our online survey. Responses were mixed when asked about the accessibility of their chosen modes of transportation. Some were satisfied with the local public transportation or ride share options, while others were very critical of the physical or online accessibility of those systems. Shopping was the second highest priority for accessibility improvements for both the interviews and online survey. 68 people we interviewed selected it as their number one priority, while 20% or 97 respondents selected it on the online survey. Another major area of concern was braille signage, which was an almost universal complaint, both the lack of and inaccurateness of it. So as we continue compiling and analyzing the data, excuse me, the data, we hope to have the information available on the APH website and um, Stay tuned for more information on that. Be sure to check out APH.org occasionally to uh, see how things are progressing. Another aspect of the online survey was that it was also a giveaway opportunity. The winner, Chayla Robles, won an Orbit Reader 20 from APH. And she was very excited and eager to receive her new Braille display. When we asked her what she thinks makes a fully accessible city, she responded that a fully accessible city would mean true independence for all citizens, no matter the disability or disabilities they have. It would be all-inclusive. There would be beacons to read signs independently in big buildings, such as supermarkets like Safeway, self-service places like Costco or Best Buy, and for medical buildings. I could easily get lost in a place like that. In view of the overwhelmingly positive response we received regarding this initiative, we formed a cross-departmental committee devoted to the gathering, analyzing, and sharing of research about accessibility in our communities, and to gather ideas and initiate pilot projects based on the research and other criteria. Additionally, as we discovered that many of the interviewees resided in smaller communities rather than urban environments, we decided to rename the initiative and committee from Accessible Cities to Accessible Communities. With all this information in mind, we have turned our attention back to the local level. As part of our ongoing research, we led a roundtable discussion at APH's annual meeting that focused on models for the types of accessible projects, excuse me, accessibility projects we might want to pursue. And we got a lot of excellent feedback and some potential partnership ideas from our attendees. We also recently conducted 22 in-person interviews at the NFBK conference in Louisville. And today, we are here to continue collecting information through in-person interviews with all of you. We hope this portion of the research will help us identify problem areas that in turn inspire pilot projects specific to improving accessibility in Louisville area and Kentucky communities. So this is where you come in.
Your feedback is significant in determining what we do next. As we conduct interviews here today, we ask that you really be thinking about specific places and events in Kentucky to better inform how we determine what product, excuse me, projects we could initiate at the local level. We want to begin to address specific issues in the Louisville area and other communities in Kentucky, and we're initiating what we hope to be an ongoing dialogue in the community. So if you are aware of any projects that you would like us to know about or possibly partner on, please feel free to share them with us. We are conducting interviews today in Salon C and D through the lunch break. We send out a big thank you from APH to all of you who have participated in the process already. And again, thanks to Carla and KCB for having us here today. Page four. Looking forward to what's coming up next. We're going to learn how ACB touches our lives and Mr. David Trott, whom I've had the pleasure of sitting with this weekend quite a bit, him and his wife Rhonda. So we were looking forward to hearing how ACB is touching our lives. I got kind of the roughest spot of the day, a tough act to follow. And then I'm in between you and break. Oh, well, it's been worse. It's, it's really good to be a part of the American Council of the Blind. And we often think of the national office. Sounds big, right? The board of directors. Officers of ACB. That's all great and wonderful. But we're a grassroots organization, people. You are ACB. We're there to represent you. And if we forget it, you need to replace us. If, we're, if you can't communicate with us and be a part of us, then we're not doing our job. And I think right now that you have an excellent board of directors. You've got some great office staff. Uh, are we going to always make you happy? Absolutely not. Because if we did, we would be stagnant and we wouldn't be doing our jobs. We all have to work together and communications is very important but you know we're unlike any other organization we don't always tell you you have to give us this much money or that much money out of your income we ask for money of course uh, we have a lot of programs that need to be implemented and of course that small amount of dues we all pay each year um, right off the bat when you give us five dollars we figured up one time, I think it was right at about $100 you automatically received in services. And people don't think about it. But it's, it's part of what we do. But it's the work you do here at home, not just on a state level, but especially at your local level, that touches the hearts of people. When, when uh, in Talladega last year we had a young gentleman whose apartment burned and he lost everything he had. And there was no agency to step in in a timely manner. I'm not saying he didn't get help down the line. But the Talladega chapter of ACB was there. And we were there that day. Not only to provide clothing and the things he needed, but to provide what's more important in a time like that, and that's a sympathetic ear. 
ACB, again, is a grassroots organization. Uh, I'm going to hark on that a little bit. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about me uh, because I'm an officer in ACB. I started out my work life as a broom winder at the Alabama Industries for the Blind. I started out my work life six months later when they found out I couldn't wind a broom <laughs> as a tennis racket stringer. I actually loved to be a tennis racket stringer because I could make money. And uh, so, you know, it was a production job and I made money. But, you know, if you look at, at people's position when you elect them to an office or you look at what they're doing, then you better take it from the standpoint that I took when, when I look at putting vending in a certain location. You know, you've got to get past the CEO in a place to get in there. But when you're looking at that place, you better look at the guy or girl who sweeps the floors because they're just as important. You're not going to stay in a place that's dirty. You know, your, your, uh, your CEO may can tell you what kind of money you're going to make, but the guy that sweeps those floors are going to show you because if the place is not clean, people are not going to eat there. Any job that you have that you like is important. And that's the same with ACB. You, you don't necessarily, you'll have leaders in ACB and your leaders will come forth and you'll know who they are. You may be one of them. You'll also have workers. And the workers are more important in a lot of ways than the leaders. Because if you don't have the workers, I can put together every kind of fundraising program there is. But I, in, in the words of an old guy I used to know that uh, worked in our warehouse, anytime they'd ask him to do anything, I can't do it all. And so I can't do it all. It's people that do the everyday work of ACB who should be recognized. And that is what I want you to care back home when you go home and you talk to the people that didn't make to your conference, you say to them, you're important. What do you want to know about the conference? What can we do to make you feel more a part of ACB? Because ACB, as you'll find out, I'm going to tell you some stories tonight at the banquet of, of what I get out of ACB. And you'll find that it actually has nothing to do with the organization itself. That's right, I'm not going to tell you all my secrets today. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I want you to know that coming to groups like yours is the highlight of me being an officer in this organization. I got to meet another bill. Unfortunately, I got remembered by another bill, and I'm thinking, you know, he's going to remember something I said great at a banquet, you know, that, that really meant a lot to him. Hey, I remember you telling them stories about that trailer park. You know, hey, that's good, though. I touched him. Uh, he remembered me, and that's great. And I've met a lot of wonderful people here. And I wouldn't have probably met a lot of you if it hadn't been becoming an officer of ACB. The, the work that we do nationally every year, uh, one, of, one of the Alabama group the other day said, oh, man, you're going to get to go to Louisville. That's my favorite place to go to convention. And, you know, I went back and looked. He hadn't been to a convention since we were in Louisville, come to think of it, but he never missed one. So it, the work that we do as a team makes the organization that we have. 
and how we can serve you better as officers of this organization and as our employees in the national office is simply by you letting us know. Another old-time saying I've always heard, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So bear that in mind. I'm going to tell you a few things that we've got going on right now in ACB, and, and then uh, I'll take a few questions, and I'll go into more detail a little bit tonight. Coming up early next year, for those of you who need it, ACB will be offering continuing education credits. Um, as I understand it, right now we're working on it, but it won't just be at convention. It'll eventually be at convention and online. We've got to find some ways to to verify some things, and once that's put in place, those will come about, and we'll be begin to offer those. One of the one of the great things that we're doing in ACB, though, folks, is relationship building. We're building relationships with powerhouses, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Uber, many more. Do you recognize any of those names? That's right. They're great names. And they're working with a great organization. Did they all come happily to the table? No. I <laughs> uh, can't get into a lot of detail about that. But let's just say that structured negotiation is a wonderful thing. And that sometimes later on you say, oh, we're in structured negotiation. We can't talk a lot about it. And then six months to a year later you'll hear, oh, we have a partnership with Microsoft. That's great. Uh, it is. It's financially rewarding. But more so than that, it is that we have a seat at the table. I think you had Jeff Bishop uh, speak to you a year or two ago. Uh, Jeff is now an employee of Microsoft. Hadn't moved in 20-something years, he said. <laughs> so that was an exciting opportunity for him and just in the move itself. Um, we'll have another representative uh, working with Microsoft from ACB because naturally now that Jeff is on board, uh, it would be a conflict for him to be our representative, you know, on at the table with Microsoft. Eric and Tony both will be meeting with Microsoft again to discuss the upcoming upgrade. There are some other opportunities coming down the line with uh, some of the other groups that we're working with that I think once you see them, uh, if you look deeply into it, uh, you'll see the hand of ACB. Unfortunately, when you get into legal conversations, a lot of times there are uh, non-disclosure agreements signed, so we can't toot our own horn. And that's something that ACB is very weak about. You know, we have a lot of relationships, but we are notoriously bad at tooting our own horn. Um, we've discussed this nationally. Uh, not only in the boardrooms, but in the hotel rooms, as we all have conversations. And we do realize it's an issue, and we're going to work harder to, to make it happen. There's been a change in the chair of the scholarship committee. Denise uh, Colley is the new chair. And um, we need your help to get the word out about the scholarships. You know the... Uh, the deadline will be approaching shortly after the first of the year, and uh, we moved the date that you can start putting out the word in November. So that's something that we always need help from because we, we never get 
enough applicants for some scholarships and some we get you know way more than we need but we can't just switch them around so uh, there again you are our best source to get the word out on scholarships so we need you to come on board and put those things out there again remember whoever you are and wherever you are you're going to touch somebody's life every day whether it's at your job or in McDonald's and they're going to ask you about being blind or ask you uh, if you're blind how other people can get help and it's your responsibility to let them know about the projects and the product so to speak that ACB offers because you're our best advertisement and you're our best recruiter I'm not going to go into legislative advocacy because Mark I think did as good a job as anybody at this point um, I think uh, if if you heard what Mark had to say and and uh, you've listened to and read all the hype out there, that you know that we don't know any more than you do, and uh, we're keeping a close eye on it. Tony Stevens um, is extremely busy right now; he's on the hill regular, uh, and and we are working on it, the different uh, things that are going on, but unfortunately, right now you know things are not moving there's a hurry up and wait this tax thing is hurry up and now essentially you're waiting to see what the senate's going to do and we just need to keep an eye and when somebody says make a call if you're in agreement make that call but bear in mind you're not only advocating for other blind people you've got to advocate for yourself and that's why we're a multi-party country because people agree that we get to different levels of what we do in different ways. Uh, the Democrats are more liberal. The Republicans are more conservative. And I'm kind of somewhere in between. But uh, when it comes to money, I'm more conservative. <laughs> so, you know, but when it, when it comes to the things that we need, yes, I'm more liberal. And sometimes it's hard for me to rationalize how those things need to meet. ACB Radio. Um, if you listen to a lot of people, they'll tell you, well, ACB Radio's okay, it's not that great. How many people listen to the Eclipse? The Eclipse was the highest rated thing we have ever done on ACB Radio. Now, do you, would you believe me if I told you most people didn't actually hear it on the radio, they heard it on the phone? If you'd have told me this three years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. More people listen to ACB radio by phone than they do by PC, tablet, or any other way that, that you can pick it up. So, uh, you know, we've, we've had to do a little revamping when we found that out because, uh, frankly, I don't think anybody when we came on board with it believed it, you know, that it would take off the way it has. So evidently we've still got a lot of people that want to go back to the phone and use it that way, and, and that's fine. Uh, that's what the service is for. Grants, we're continuing to move forward with grants. Uh, we're not moving forward as fast as I would like. Uh, probably not as fast as my predecessor would like. <laughs> because uh, she and I are always hunting the money. Uh, but we, we are getting the bang for our buck, finally from our grant person so uh, you know uh, the, the thing we've got to do to get larger grants 
has come up with uh, dedicated projects, which is something that we normally don't do on the national level. Uh, we don't have, like you would, uh, you know, different projects where you, you would go in and help an individual. We would, we would have to help a product or something, and it's kind of contrary to what we're doing, you know, because we don't endorse human wear or freedom scientific over one another. We just don't endorse those products. We endorse the companies, of course, because they're what they're there and that's what we need, but we don't say that you need to go and get JAWS over getting you a Braille note, you know, because it's two separate companies and, and we don't, we try not to, anyway, get involved at that level. Um, the other thing that we're doing that is very important to me, because it's something I've pushed for for many years, um, is an endowment. Uh, we are going to endow our organization so that we can continue on after we're all gone, and that money will be there when we have the lean years. And I can tell you we've had some lean years in the past. And uh, the endowment will start off with up to $100,000 endowed from the lifetime memberships. And we have a tentative commitment from a gentleman who is looking to endow us with $100,000 over 10 years, and he thinks he can get 10 friends to do it. Once this happens, if it does, then we will definitely begin to move forward with our endowment. Uh, the, we've sent the information over to our investment company, and they will come back with, to the investment committee within the next few days uh, probably in two weeks now that I forget about Thanksgiving, and uh, they will present us with a proposal. Uh, we will make any changes that we want to make to it and then send it to the board, hopefully at the same time we do the budget, but I don't think it will happen that quick because the budget uh, is ready to go to the full board the week after Thanksgiving. Also, uh, in, in closing this afternoon, because uh, I've got a lot more for tonight, so I'm not going to hold you up. But uh, in closing, I want you to know that ACB is you. And so please always know that if you have an issue to bring forth to ACB, you can always, if you, you can't get anything else, my email address is my name, but make it all one word, David Trot at charter.net, and know that you'll get a response. It might not be the one you want, but, you know, that's why we're individuals, and that's why we're a grassroots organization, and I'm just thankful to be a part of a great organization like the American Council of the Blind. Thank you. Page 5. The Sound Prince Calendar. December 5, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. December 7 is the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Christmas Party. 12 to 3 p.m., don't forget to bring a Dirty Santa gift. BCB Office, 1093 South Broadway, 
Lexington. RSVP at least two days in advance, or for more information, call 859-259-1834. Also on December 7, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its December conference call meeting. This is a monthly meeting for blind lions from around the country. It's an opportunity to share ideas and ways to be involved in local clubs. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. December 8 is the next GLCB Roundabout, Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, an opportunity to cut it up, lessons on cutting different materials, 5 to 6, dinner, $5 per person, 6 p.m., bingo after dinner, $2 per person, and cards, 7 to 10 p.m. United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. To sign up, call 502-895-4598. On December 9, the Greater Louisville Council of Blind will have its board meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. Also on December 9, the Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind will have its Christmas party from 1 to 2.30 p.m., at the Ponderosa Steakhouse in Hazard. Everyone is responsible for their own meal. Information and reservations, call Frank Campbell at 606-693-9360. Also on December 9, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its Christmas party from 4 to 8 p.m. at Cisco and Jerry Slusher's home. Information, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. December 10, KCB Next Generation will have a meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. December 12 is the Savvy Christmas Party, Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired in Owensboro. 12 to 2.30 p.m. Central Time, Join us for dinner, Dirty Santa gift exchange, $10 limit, appropriate for male or female, and more. Wing Avenue Baptist Church. For reservations, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. December 12, presentation on the ORCAM from 1 to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834. December 13 is the KCB PR Membership Committee Meeting, 8 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. December 14, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, will hold its next support group meeting in Louisville from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up and for more information. December 15 is a GLCB roundabout. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5. Discussion, 5 to 6. Dinner, $5 per person, 6 to 7. Holiday music, 7 p.m. Also, there will be games and crafts after dinner. 
at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 for more information and to sign up. December 17 is the KSB Alumni Board Meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call. And December 19 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board Meeting, also by conference call, but it's at 7.30 p.m. And they're both on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On December 22 and December 29, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have roundabouts from 3.30 to 10, but you'll be able to just drop in and share holiday fun. It's an opportunity to get iPhone questions answered and more. Dinner will be $5 per person at 6 p.m. There'll be lots of games and crafts and fun for everyone. Call 502-895-4598 for more information. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.